Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Everyone, this is Ugo Che, and this is the Traveling Image Makers podcast. At the time we are recording this, Ralph is in Pushkar, India, with a very poor connectivity, so he won't be able to join us today. I'm not sure if I should pity him or envy him. I'd really love to to be in India. Maybe our guest knows a little bit about India. We'll ask him, but hopefully Ralph will be back next week. And this time it's only it's only going to be me. So. Uh, aside from this, uh, let's introduce our guest. I got to know his work uh, uh, mainly because he's one of the most active contributors to our Facebook group, the Traveling Image Makers Corner. And I was really captivated by his photography that I found to be refreshing and unconventional, unlike much of the travel photography I see online these days. So I decided to invite him to be our guest and I'm thankful that he answered in a very quick time. So it was a very short turnaround between the time I contacted him and he was able to to be online. So please join me in welcoming Benjamin van der Speck from the Netherlands. Hi, Benjamin. How are you? Hey, Hugo. Thank you so much for for having me on your show. Thanks to you. It's uh, it's, it's an honor to uh, to be with you. So you're you're. Currently in the Netherlands, at home. What part of the Netherlands are you from? I actually live in a, a part that's called Zealand. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to be confused with New Zealand. Uh, this is the original Zealand. The original, which is in the south of the Netherlands, right? Correct, so, in the southwest. It's a province uh, bordering Belgium. Good. So, uh, as I said, I, I love your photography and I keep uh, waiting for... Uh, for one of your uh, your photos to pop up on, on mostly on Facebook because that, that's where I I got to know you. But um, maybe not many people um, know who Benjamin van der Speck is. So would you like to introduce yourself to our audience? Uh, how did you get started in photography? And uh, what what kind of photography do you like to to pursue? Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm mainly a travel photographer, and um, I've been busy with photography for as long as I can remember. But um, I think it really took off after winning a big National Geographic Prize in the end of 2014, uh, after which I decided to to go professional and um, sell my work, mainly online. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, open a different book page and... um, Publish my work in a different, different in a different way. You, yeah. you, you said you you, you went professional, but uh, photography is not your only job. I understand. You say Correct. on, on yeah. your bio that you are uh, also a teacher. You want to tell us uh, what do you teach? Yes, I, I teach um, uh, art and photography culture in a uh, secondary school here in uh, in the Netherlands. And um, I like that very much. Yeah. It's very refreshing to um, to deal with uh, young people every day and to um, to stay young, as uh, as they say. Yeah. Uh, is that 
I mean, classical art from the the ancient times to Picasso, or do you have a particular? Yeah, I teach it all. I teach it all. I teach it all. And also photography. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's interesting that in the Netherlands, for in secondary school, you have uh, photography courses. Is this part of your normal art curriculum, or is it a separate course? It's, it's part of the normal art curriculum, and um, uh, our students um, they all use with um, they all work with iPads, so um, they all have a, a little camera oh. on board. And then they can all use different photography apps. So it's it's quite easy to do very simple um, little photography and uh, uh, movie assignments with the kids. So it's very practical. It's very, very practical. Hands-on. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Right. So um, I watching your uh, your stream, uh, especially on Facebook. I. I see you've been to to many places, but somehow I associate you with with Asia. I was also looking at your uh, your website. You have a, a profile photo there with some uh, looks like some kind of Asian temple behind your your back. So I associate you with Asia, and uh, that might also be because you recently, I think, you've been to Japan. So I see a lot of your photos, uh, recent photos from Japan. Was that a a recent trip? How was it? What did you see? Correct, correct, correct. I think uh, my last big travel this summer was uh, uh, four weeks through Japan and um, uh, almost two weeks through Bali and a few days um, to Bangkok. So um, lots of Asia, the last trip. But earlier this year, um, I went to uh, Cuba, Iceland, and last Christmas, uh, India, as you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. So, um, I, I travel around Asia quite a bit. Um, I've been to Malaysia quite often, and, uh, Cambodia, uh, Vietnam, um, Singapore, Indonesia. Yeah. It's good that your, uh, your job leaves you enough time to do all of those travels. <laughs> yes, yeah, true. It's good to be it's a cool. teacher, probably. The school holidays can be a blessing, yeah. definitely. Yeah, sometimes I joke around to to the kids that I only work in between the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, true. Uh, if I may ask, uh, I mean, the uh, teacher's job is uh, might leave you a lot of uh, free time, but it might not be paying a lot of money. I don't know how it is in the Netherlands, but uh, at least here in Italy, all the teachers complain that they are paid very little. Uh, so I, picking up photography yes. professionally is also maybe a way to somehow finance your travels? Correct. Yeah, it pays for my flights. Yeah, yeah. So the photography uh, helps a lot. And um, it's true that uh, if you want to make a lot of money, um, teaching is not the best uh, best way to go. Uh, teaching requires a completely different passion than the, than acquiring lots of funds. Mm-hmm. Just like photography, by the yeah. way, it, it doesn't pay a lot of money. Um, you need to have the passion. Absolutely. Sorry about the interruption, but I would just like to remind everyone that I will be doing a webinar on travel portrait photography on November twenty second. 
This is a free webinar, so everyone is welcome to join and all the attendees will get a copy of my latest ebook about travel portraits. You can find uh, uh, the registration link at ucphoto.me slash travelportraits. That's ucphoto.me slash travelportraits. And now let's go back to our conversation with Benjamin van der Speck. I, I don't want to use a term that is uh, that I don't really like, but I can't think of a better one at the moment. How do you monetize your passion, your uh, your photography? Do you sell uh, prints? Uh, do you work for magazines on assignment, or what's uh, no. how does that work? Uh, well, that depends. Um, yeah, if a magazine wants to buy my photos, um, sometimes I make private deals with them. Um, I sell on stock as well. Um, I sell on a, a German platform called uh, I Am. Um, they like my work a lot. And um, they, um, I also get a lot of recognition from from that platform. Um, uh, I've been nominated for Photographer of the Year uh, last year, uh, the year before, and the year before that. So, um, yeah, I get a lot of... Um, Uh, uh, feedback from that side but I also sell to people that I meet on travels sometimes people who like to see that certain spot at that time where I met them and you make a special connection with these people so I do that as well yeah so it seems to be doing good for you mm. yeah it, um, can always do better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a, it's a tough market to, to be in, you know, right away. It's uh, travel photography. Photography in general and travel photography uh, can be a hard sell in a time where everyone has a camera, uh, maybe in their pocket. Everyone uh, tries to be, a, I don't know, an Instagram influencer and those kind of things. So finding a niche, uh, your own market is... Uh, requires a lot of, uh, of work and commitment also probably on the marketing side. Do you, do you it's, to... it's true. But, um, because I have a full-time job on, on, as a teacher, mm -hmm. I don't need to worry so much about that. Um, um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not stressed on that side at all. So I have the freedom to, to do and for, photograph whatever I like and the way I like. So I'm not constricted in in any means and if i want to go to patagonia next year i'm sure i can go to patagonia next mm -hmm. year you know, it just requires a little bit of planning and and of course i'm limited to the time that i can go there but like i said as a teacher the school holidays they help a lot good i was uh, yeah. writing a few words yesterday into something that might become a either a blog post, an article, or a chapter of a book, because of always this idea of writing a book one day. Uh, it's coming closer, but it's still not there. And one of the the chapters or the, the articles that I'm writing uh, probably going to be titled something like uh, Do Not Quit Your Day Job. And the, <laughs> the idea is that uh, many people like you, like me, they have a passion for photography, and they've either turning or uh, partially turn it into a job, into a profession. And it's their passion. It's our passion. 
And many people think, okay, I'm going to quit my day job and I'm going to go professional full-time, which at some point uh, is something that we, of course, all want to do, but it's, uh, it can be a big mistake. Uh, not, not because there is maybe not enough money. One, somebody could make their, uh, their decision based on the fact that by, for, with photography they could make enough money. I don't uh, contend that. The point is, as long as it is a passion and you have uh, a job that is paying your bills, you can afford to pursue it as a pure passion. Okay, you make some money on the side, but you're not, you're not stressed by the fact that no. you have to put bread on the table and you have to find new customers every month. Right? No. Because you have something that already does that for you. So you can... The, the alternative is you, you're not ready to go that route and you go there and you find out that instead of uh, spending the, your free time traveling the world and photography, you find out you spend 80 or 90% of your time uh, doing marketing, accounting, uh, chasing customers, uh, uh, managing existing customers, doing support, and so on. And and you're stressed because you're not making ends meet. You're not making enough money at the end of the month. So you started. Yeah. You start taking any kind of job. You start taking poisonous, poisonous customers, poisonous clients, which are not good for you. They will only cause you headaches. And so you burn out. And when you yeah. burn out, what was a passion then becomes a chore. And it's not a passion mm -hmm. anymore. And you change your job not to be a slave of the man of the corporation. And you ended up being, yes, your own boss, but also your own slave and the slave of your worst customers. So that was a, sorry for the digression, but uh, maybe <laughs> you will agree with me what you, what you were saying and since I was thinking about that <laughs> exactly yesterday, resonated a lot with, with what, I, what I was thinking. Right. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And, um, but, you know, I, I'm lucky that I have a job where I can... Um, I can explore my passion for art yeah. because if you, if you love art and you teach art, then that's a good combination. I have to apologize for the noise on the background. There's a, there was a truck there. Anyway. That's fine. So, and, um, um, so yeah, my, my passion is, um, the, is art of photography and travel. And, um, I think I found a, interesting way to combine these things and maybe in the future maybe i will teach less and photograph more and um, who knows where where it will go and so far it's going uh, very very successful and um, let's see where it goes and you know i have a very very good employer and um, uh, they they really support my passion and um, i'm sure if uh, if uh, an important uh, press agent, they want me to take photos of the, some some tribe of people uh, in the foothills of the um, Kilimanjaro, um, you know, I can be there next week. <laughs> so that that helps. It helps a lot. Yeah, that's good. That's a good place to be, I guess. Mm, it is. So we were talking about Japan, uh, and I would like to go a bit more in depth. Uh, I saw your photo. Uh, I think I saw some of them from, from Tokyo, but it looks like you you explore most of the, the north, the Hokkaido Island, yeah. that area. What's uh, uh, exactly. I, I heard about I, I, that uh, I, uh, in an old episode. That was one of our first episodes here. Uh, we interviewed uh, Martin Bailey, who regularly 
leads towards uh, to to Hokkaido and explain a little bit about mm-hmm. that that island, which is a a bit different from from the rest of Japan, if I understand correctly. Maybe very, very, uh, different. What, very different. What's so great about the, it? Well, you know, I explored the south of Japan a few years back, and if I say explored, I have to say um, uh, I traveled around in two weeks, and you cannot <laughs> you cannot comprehend the country in just two weeks, mm-hmm. but. I've de- I've done the the tourist trail um, and um, this year I wanted to travel the north of Japan. So I started off in Tokyo and uh, I traveled up north by train, by bullet train, and um, did a few side tracks, and um, then uh, ended up in um, um, in Hokkaido, and then in um, Sapporo, I rented a car and then turned it into a road trip and drove nearly three weeks through through Hokkaido. It's it's best to take a car in Hokkaido because uh, there is a train, but it's very limited. And uh, it is not like other parts in Japan where um, it is very densely populated. Hokkaido is not. Hokkaido is... Uh, uh, lots of nature, lots of beauty, lots of peace and quiet, fresh air. Um, it's, a, it's an astounding landscape. It's beautiful. And uh, the only thing that is the same as um, other places in Japan is that the people are extremely hospitable, very friendly. And although they usually don't speak English, they are always very eager to help you as much as they can. So it is, um, I think Japan is one of the one of the nicest places to travel in, in Asia is it's really nice and it's not as expensive as people say it it has European prices so if you're used to Thailand mm-hmm. yeah then it's expensive but if you if you're used to travel around um, uh, Europe France or Italy or something like that then yeah then it's it's normal probably not as expensive as Switzerland I mean can't think of anything more expensive than Switzerland at the moment. I was some friend of mine who uh, lives in Zurich. And the other yeah. day they posted some photos from uh, a lake uh, in the in the in the Alps uh, in the Bernese Oberland, which I had never heard of that lake. It's really beautiful. I said, oh, I should take maybe a, a trip there, uh, a weekend or so. No, I started looking at prices, and even if it's uh, less than three hours from <laughs> here, I said, mm, <laughs> I don't know. If I, <laughs> I'll see if I want to go there. <laughs> it's really crazy. Okay, but yeah, so... Uh, have, you, in, have you traveled Norway? Uh, oh, yeah, I've been to Norway. Yeah, Norway is... It was expensive. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, really, it really is expensive. Well, Beautiful. Uh, I, was in, I was only once in Norway, and I was in Senia, which is an island of the north of the polar circle, uh-huh. really beautiful, pretty, uh, not very much populated, and we we found a place on Airbnb, uh, nice. and there was no no really many restaurants around, so we ate by going to supermarkets and buying yeah. what we could find in supermarkets and cooking it in the, in the house. So our expenses were expenses were reasonably limited but i know yeah uh, norway is <laughs> is crazy 
Um, yeah. So there is a lot of uh, wildlife, I mean, or wilderness in, in Hokkaido. I saw some photos of uh, foxes from you there. And, and you do quite a lot of uh, uh, landscape, natural landscape photography. You do wildlife. At the same time, you do uh, cities, uh, cityscapes, uh, street scenes, uh, people, uh, a little bit of everything. So a very eclectic style, if I may say so. But do, do you have a subject that you favor over... Uh, all the others? No, not really. I I love um, I love going um, going outdoors. So I I like diving and I like tracking and sailing. And so uh, of course uh, I love to photograph animals and wildlife. But um, if you walk around the city, especially cities at night, then uh, it always fascinates me. Uh, The people are a bit like uh, the wildlife. Mm -hmm. So um, I love playing with light and lines and um, spaces. And whether that is in the, in the outdoors or in the cities, I don't see the distinction so much. So where there's beauty, there's beauty. That sounds very much like what... Uh art teacher would say right it's <laughs> it's all about the light the composition and so on whatever the subject you can find like whatever the subject. you can find common yeah. uh, those common things in the but, in but the if you if you do travel uh, if you do travel hokkaido um uh, i would advise people to go and if they have the opportunity um to go to shiratoko which is in the north um northeast and um These are wildlands, and um, you don't want to go hiking on on places um, uh, where you might come from bears. Um, but as everywhere else in Japan, everything is very safe and uh, quite organized and uh, very beautiful. How did you how did you get along with with the people who said they don't speak much English? Do you speak Japanese, or do you have an interpreter, or just sign language? Exactly, a bit of everything, actually, <laughs> a bit of everything. Um, there's um, some, some place, well, you, you try a little bit of, um, of Japanese, uh, you pick up a few Japanese words. Uh, I think it always helps if you try to speak the local language a little bit, um, whether it's in uh, Tokyo or, or Rome, it doesn't matter. Uh, people always appreciate it if you try at least. And... Um, When Japanese, they um, then they they talk back to you in Japanese, and <laughs> it's a bit of a yeah. like you said, a bit of sign language. Sometimes they have these these very cute cards where they give you, and this, and then on the card it says, "I'm sorry, we do not speak English." <laughs> <laughs> Things like that, <laughs> but they're always very eager to help. So, yeah, yeah. and. Um, Nowadays, you've got these, uh, these translator machines. And uh, so, yeah, you, you, you try a little bit here and there. Okay. And, and in they, all the major train stations, they have these uh, tourist offices and they have people speaking English and they are really marvelous. They, they help you really um, until you got what you need. Okay, so you will not get lost on the railway network of Japan. Oh, uh, no, no, never, never. The railway network in Japan is the best. And unlike many other European countries like Holland, the trains actually um, go exactly on time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
the Netherlands is not too bad. Uh, even even Italy has uh, become a little bit better in that respect in, in recent years. You like but Japan, yeah. <laughs> now probably Japan is a whole other world. Yeah, when they say the train leaves at 2 past 12, the train leaves at 2 past 12, not 3 past 12 or 1 past mm. 12, it leaves at 2 past 12. So they are extremely punctual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, looking at your photos, I also noticed uh, uh, some of them have uh, a subject which is a female photographer, which or somebody with a camera in hand in some scenes. Uh, if, uh, if it's okay to ask, uh, is that your spouse or partner? And do you travel yeah. together? Do you photograph together? Do you have a shared passion? Yeah, that's true. Most, uh, most travels um, uh, I've done together with my girlfriend. Um, so, um, yeah, um, this travel in Japan, uh, I met my new girlfriend, my current girlfriend, So um, we travel together now, mm. and uh, we travel Japan together. So yeah, it's it's nicer if you travel. Uh, you know, there's a, there's an advantage of traveling alone, and there's a certain advantage of traveling together. I've traveled um, uh, Cuba uh, by myself uh, this uh, spring, and you meet the most interesting people. But um, when you're together with um, uh, with a partner or a friend you got a double set of eyes and if this partner uh, or friend or um, your travel companion if they have the same type of passion then um, that helps a lot yeah. and a friend loves photography and um, so then there's there's four sets of eyes yeah? well, there's two sets of eyes I mean. yeah that's that's great uh, I mean I have some photographer friends but almost never find that our yeah schedules our respective free times and, and so on coincide or we want to go to the same destinations you, you mentioned norway it was one of the trips that i took off with one of my best friends and it was just uh, two guys we left the families at home and we decided to yeah, yeah. <laughs> spend well, a few days well, in norway just photographing and that's exactly what i did earlier this year um together with a a, a british mate of mine also a, a marvelous photographer um uh, who is very, very well known with the, the Icelandic landscape. I, I had the opportunity to travel together with him. And um, when, you, when you both have that passion, you know, it's, it's no problem getting up at half past two in the morning to see the northern lights because you, do, you both know what you're doing. And uh, they, they help, you know, you help each other. Like, got you, do you have that filter? Did you bring that tripod? Or, things like that. Yeah. It helps. It helps, it helps. I mean, we, just when we were in Norway and some nights we said, okay, we should go out. I mean, right now the weather is not good, but it's uh, forecast to clear up. Uh, we might go out at two in the morning to, to shoot, uh, try to shoot the northern lights if we can. And if it were, had only just been me, just uh, yeah. not wanting, uh, I don't feel, uh, I, I feel a little bit uncomfortable doing being out at night. I mean, You're, you're in Norway, it's nothing going to happen to you. There are no bears or wolves there. But still, uh, you're, you're in the warmth of your home. No, no. Uh, uh, should I really go out? And if you're two people with the same passion, then you reinforce each other. Yeah, we should really go. So that's, yeah. Yeah, I think that helps a lot. 
last year I was photographing in the in the hills of uh, Spain in the south, and um, I put my tripod ready, and you put a timer on because my remote broke, and then you have to uh, go around in the dark, and um, you, because you're so fiddling with the equipment and by yourself, um, you know, you make little mistakes, and I nearly fell off the mountain, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. When you when you're together, there's a safety issue as well if you do fall and you break an ankle or something like that at least there's somebody to look over your shoulder so yeah i would advise um if they if people go out to uh, the great outdoors um maybe it's best not to go by yourself no. agreed uh, another thing is uh, you as i said before i love your your style and the subjects of your photographs because they're they're not the typical conventional postcard type of shot type of image um, do you have any any tips any suggestions for uh, for uh, travel photographers who want to not, not that there is anything wrong with getting the occasional postcard shot but we all want to to stand out to differentiate ourselves a bit do you have any maybe any suggestions any tips maybe from the perspective of a yeah. of an art teacher well uh, it's, of course, it sounds very obvious, but make sure your your camera works. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you make sure your equipment is okay and your equipment is safe, and, and you have your equipment with you, because um, uh, it happens when you're when you're out there somewhere and you don't have the camera to shoot with. And remember, the best camera to shoot with is the camera you have with you. So it doesn't matter if you only have your phone with you. Uh, I've seen very good shots with phone. I use my phone now and then as well. And um, I usually carry a whole bunch of cameras with me. Um, whether it's, I got a, a Nikon DA10, which is my, my working beast, but I also have uh, an Olympus, uh, um, a mirrorless. Uh, I'm usually bring one or two GoPros. Um, uh, you know, you, you, you want to have some different equipment around, but sometimes I just carry my phone mm-hmm. and you can make marvelous shots with it, but make sure your, your batteries are charged, stuff yeah. like that. And, and, and open your eyes, you know, be flexible and, um, yeah, make sure you, you're like a, a bit of a hunter. So keep, keep tracking, keep, keep an eye out what's going on. And, uh, then, yeah, if you, you know, there's a difference between looking and seeing mm-hmm. and, um, keep, keep your eyes open and keep your mind open. Yeah. Just be, That's it. don't just be reactive. Exactly. And sometimes, um, sometimes a different angle might help a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, go a bit down or, or go a bit up, look, from up to down or from down to up or just around the corner or a little bit diagonal or it doesn't matter you know you have the you have the freedom you don't have to stick with the standard um uh, r- rules of uh, a third um uh, a, a kind of conventions that people make for photography you are the artist you can do whatever you like yeah um... I think it's important to to learn to see. Exactly. Seeing is the most important, definitely. And sometimes it also helps to... um, There's an an old trick that um, 
we used to learn in school is, is cut out a piece of cardboard and cut out a little square in this cardboard and then hold it in front of you so you see what an image actually looks like as a photo. Mm-hmm. And then you, you cut away all the, all the stuff around. So you're actually cropping it real life. That helps sometimes. Good, good tip. I, I, I heard about that a long time ago, but uh, I had basically forgotten it. So thanks for reminding me. It's, uh, it's, it's a good a thing to, to do. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're almost at the end of our allotted time. I don't want to take up more of your time. Maybe you have to grade uh, <laughs> papers <laughs> of your pupils. Actually, <laughs> something like that, I, I guess. Uh, just oh, wanted to ask where um, where is the next flight going to take you to? You have any planned travels? Uh, yeah, well, um, I got some planned travels for next year. For this Christmas, I'm not entirely sure. Probably hop off to to good old London for a few days. Um, travel around a little bit. Um, I bought a motorcycle to um, to travel maybe to Switzerland or France or maybe Northern Italy even. Um, and um, I got some um, travels planned for um, the US in the spring uh, of uh, 2018. And um, I'm, I'm planning something but not entirely sure yet of doing the South American coast in the future but I'm not entirely sure Good. when yet that, that, that's all sounds very exciting <laughs> <laughs> it is <laughs> all right uh, and finally where can people find more about you online that's your opinion. well they, they can, if, if you if you browse uh, Benjamin van der Speck S-P-E-K then um, Google will um, will give you some advice on, on where to find me. Um, my website hasn't been updated for a while. Um, it needs um, a lot of maintenance. So, um, but they can find me on Instagram as well, uh, Benjamin von der Speck Photography, and they can find me on Facebook, like you said earlier. And they can find me on I am. Um, they can find me on uh, Yahoo Flickr. So, um, just use Google. Mm-hmm. Okay. You'll find well, I'll search for you and then I will add all the relevant links to uh, to the post, uh, to the, the blog post here with all the, the show notes. Uh, and uh, if you want to Thanks. share some photos with our with our listeners, I mean, of course, this is audio only, but we have an accompanying uh, blog post on the website at ttim.photo. So if people want to uh, see some of your work, we will put links, links to it. But as you said... Uh, your website is uh, not terribly up to date, if I say so. I don't see any photos from Japan. Maybe you want to send us something, some, and we will put them up on uh, on the post here because they are they're really yeah. beautiful. Well, so I, I post new work every day. So on Facebook, people should be able to find. Yeah, of course. Yes. So thank you very much for uh, for your time today. It was really an uh, inspiring conversation. Uh, hope maybe we Thank can repeat it. Me. Maybe we can repeat it in real life if you come to Italy or I come to. Yeah, love, I'd love to go to Italy. Yeah, I love Italy. So yeah, I've been there a few times. Uh, one of my favorite countries in Europe. Uh, beautiful. Okay, just just let me know. I will. I will. You go. Thank you so much for having me, and um, I'm looking forward to hearing the next um, uh, episode. Yes.
uh, will be live shortly. All right. Thank you very much and take care. Thank you so much. That was it. I would like to thank again Benjamin van der Speck, not just for being our guest today and entertaining us with his stories, but also for being one of the most active participants in our Facebook group. If you are not yet in the Facebook group, I encourage you to do so. It's completely free and it's a very friendly environment where you can uh, share your photos, talk about the travel and have fun with our uh, monthly contest. You can find the group at ttim.photo forward slash Facebook. And as for this episode, all the links that were mentioned here and the show notes will be found at ttim.photo forward slash 102. Finally, you can find everything about me, Ugo Che, at my website, ucphoto.me. And as for Ralph, who will be back next week, you can find him at photoenrichment.com. Till next time, all the best and take care.